that's, I've got to do this. So he got his first guitar at the age of four. And when he was seven, he got his first adult guitar, like not the little dinky little kids one that they give you, but he got his first adult guitar, electric guitar. And by the time he was, I think it was eight, yes. he was playing with B.B. King. Oh, wow. That is amazing to me. Yes. What do you expect? B.B. King. <laughs> like the biggest blues name in the world, really. Yes. Next to John Lee Hooker, in my opinion. But I'm a big blues fan, so, you know, I still think B.B. King has probably got it on this one. <laughs> Definitely. And, yeah, and so he, but he went to school like a normal kid. I watched an interview on TV about him through, I think it was a Canadian, like, CTV. Uh, they did an interview with his family, and they showed him going to school at the age of 12. And he was playing regularly, doing concerts by the time he was 12, with, like, opening up for big bands all over the place. And uh, he... His mom was talking on there about how they get a phone call on like a Wednesday and it would be B.B. King going, I need Joe for wow. tomorrow night to come and open and to do some, some licks with me. And she'd go, well, tomorrow's a Thursday. And he'd go, yeah, but we're in, like, we're just playing just a little ways out of town at this big concert. And <laughs> Can we have him for a couple hours? She go, you know he can't play. He has homework. And he go, yes. okay. So he could only ever take Joe on the weekends because he had to be at home. He had to study. He had to do his homework or they weren't going to let him be a guitar player. Yes. So let's give a little bit background of Joseph Leonard Bonham. He was born May 8, 1977. Is an American blues rock guitarist, singer, and songwriter. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. It's all like three in one. <laughs> well, he had to work hard at the vocal part, but you'll find that out later. So, yes. He started his career at the age of 12 when he opened for B.B. King. Wow. Yeah, in actuality, the first time he opened for him, he was eight. So, that's be awesome. Since 2000, Bonamassa has released 15 solo albums through his independent record label, JNR Adventures, of which 11 have reached number one on the Billboard Blues chart. Wow. Yep. That's phenomenal, right? No, he's fabulous. Oh, he was a big fan of Jeff Beck's too, by the way. Oh. That'd be awesome. So let's give a little big background of B.B. King because for those people who don't know B.B. King, he was an American blues singer-songwriter, guitarist, and record producer. He introduced a sophisticated style of soloing bass on fluid string blending or string bending, shimmering, vibrato, and staccato, peaking. Yeah that influenced many later blues electric guitar players. Wow. Uh, so B.B. King is a famous in the blues genre. Very, very famous. Yeah. Yeah, and a big, big name. 
And he was a big man, I can tell you that. He, yeah, he's yeah. never played standing up. <laughs> so Bonamassa has played alongside many notable blues and rock artists. And he earned three Grammy Awards nominations. Yeah, unfortunately, he never got, I don't think he ever got, I couldn't find anywhere that he'd gotten a, an actual win, but he'd been nominated. Yeah, only nominated, eh? Yeah, but but he did win in other in other uh, like in the blues category for their blues ceremonies. You know the blues yeah. foundations. He won the BB King Entertainer Award of like yes. lifetime and entertainer award, which is a very prestigious award for anybody who plays blues. And yes. he won the Instrumentalist Guitar Awards. He won the like the life achievement thing, so. Yes, and these are the nominated uh, uh, song of uh, Joe Bonamassa. So these are the songs. Uh, best Blues Album, okay. Best Traditional Blues Album and the Best Contemporary Blues Album are all nominated for the Grammy, but not win right yeah which is really unfortunate but i kind of understand it because i've been a fan of his for a pretty long time and i've watched i've gotten all of his dvds of his concerts like at the royal albert hall because that is an extreme privilege to be asked to play there and yeah. since he's done it twice i mean that's sort of where it came in when you i have a little story about about this is PBS used to show these commercials about things that were going on, right? And I'd be watching TV. And my husband, of course, is a is a rock guitarist and and a fairly well-known um, tech. He fixes and builds guitars and across Canada and the States. And uh, him and his friends were constantly going to these concerts and we'd gone to We'd go to a concert a week for the first five or six years we were together. And I remember him calling me and going, do you want to go to a Joe Bonamassa concert? He goes, me and, and Rick are going. And I went, and I was in a mood. And I went, oh, my God, why would I want to go to another one of these stupid concerts? All I do is stand there and listen to you guys be mad at them because they're so good. And I ripped him one. And then about a week later, and I didn't think of the name that he had said that he was going to see. But a week later, I'm watching TV and I see this PBS thing. And it's about this guy who's playing at Royal Albert Hall. And, and I'm listening. And they're really long commercials because it's PBS, right? They can do it. Like, that was part of their, it was half an hour of showing this concert. And I watched this for about probably a month. I watched this thing over and over and over every time I was on the channel. And I phoned up my husband when he was at work and I went, you know what? We got, have you ever heard of this guy? He is, he looks like he's phenomenal. We should really go and see him. And he goes, I just asked you if you want to go to his concert <laughs> a couple of months ago and you just ripped me a new one. <laughs> and I went, oh, oh, is that who you're talking about? And so we ended up, I ended up getting the DVD and then we've seen him three times since. We went in Vancouver to the Queen Elizabeth Theater. Yeah. 
because oh, he plays okay, yeah. really classy places. He's not going to do like the not in Vancouver. He's not going to do the arena or anything, even though he'd probably fill it. But he okay. likes the better acoustics because that's what he's all about. So, yeah, we saw him three times. And he the last time we saw him, he had the flu really bad. And they told him not to even go on, but he did anyways. And he still sounded unbelievable. Yes. So let's talk about some of uh, his songs. Let's say A New Day Yesterday was released in 2000. What, what, what can say about it? I It's love a... that song. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the classic A New Day. Oh, like, if, you, if you've ever heard it before, you can look it up. And he just does a brilliant job of it. And I absolutely loved it. Um, There's nothing about Joe that I don't love. I <laughs> I kind of got a crush on him, but he's kind of a geek, you know? Yeah, because he was so, <laughs> Yeah, well, because he was so into the guitar that he didn't really care about much else that was going on. And yeah. and he it isn't like he tries not to make everybody knows that drummers have a drummer face, right? Yes, and guitar yeah. players have when they hit high notes, they do these faces because I'm married to one of these guys and and they do faces and he has his but he keeps it under control somewhat but he's still sort of a geek and he used to be like much heavier with long greasy hippie hair yes. and now and now he's he lost all this weight and when he changed his genre sort of when he started getting more more blues rock, you know? Yes. And I just sort of went, you know, that's kind of the, I kind of like those intellectual looking types because he had glasses and everything. Wow. <laughs> and then I told my girlfriend about it who, and she said, oh, you know, I don't like the geeky type. And then she watched a few of his videos and went, I think I have a crush on him. <laughs> and I said, I said, you know, that's not his look. I figured out it's his playing. It just gets to you. Yes. Buries itself. It attaches to your soul, I swear. Um, yes. But no, that's a great, great song. Yes. And he said it's a debut studio album by American blues rap musician Joe, Bonam uh, Joe Bonamassa, recorded uh, at Pyramid Recording Studios in Ithaca, New York. It is produced by Tom Dodd, Tom Dodd, and released on October twenty fourth, two thousand. Was it? Do you have the information? Was it Epic Records? By, no, by Independent Record Label. Oh, okay. Okay. In tandem with Epic Records and Five Fifty Music. Yeah, it's yeah. right. Uh, Epic Records. Yeah, he's been with Epic for a really, really long time. Uh, but I know he does some uh, independent stuff too. So, but he writes most of his own stuff too. Oh, really? Yeah. The al the album registered at number nine on the U.S. Billboard Top Blues Album Chart, and spawned the singles "Miss You," "Hate You" in two thousand one, and "Color and Shape" in two thousand two. Mm -hmm. Wow, nice song, eh? So oh. how about how about the song "So It's Like That" in two thousand? It was released two thousand two. 
Oh, that's a fabulous song. I can't say anything wrong with any of his songs. <laughs> so it's like that is a great tune. It's it's sort of like, oh, really? So that's how you're gonna present it to me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 he makes it, he writes it in the way that or he, he presents it in a way that you don't know if he's talking to a, a girl who's putting down her foot and demanding something, or if he's talking about a record label or a manager or something, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. so you think you can just make the law and everybody's gonna go along with it? Yes. And it's, it's a great tune, it's up-tempo and it's very good, yeah. I said, so it's like that. <laughs> so it's like that, eh? Yeah. It yeah. should have A on the end yeah. if you're Canadian. <laughs> It's recorded uh, largely at a hard drive recording studio in North Hollywood, California, mm. and Blue Iron Gate Studio in Santa Monica, California. It was primarily produced by Cliff Magnus mm. with uh, additional production of Dave Bassett. Wow. And contrary to uh, Bonamassa's 2000 debut album, A New Day Yesterday, which featured a mix of songs and cover. Uh, so he's doing cover version too. He does, yeah. He, he does a little bit of everything. Like he does a lot of blues covers and stuff. But um, they are covers, but they're not, not all of his, like I've listened to it all of his stuff i think the, everything i can keep up with because he's very prolific he puts out a lot of stuff and be if somebody has something that he they've recorded and they've released whether like anybody has heard it he is very um professional in the way that he he'll list that it is uh that he's borrowed it from somebody whether it be a famous song or something that nobody's heard if they've got the rights to it you know what i mean and or if it's been previously released by somebody else he'll always write that down he's just the good guy of great guitar is what he is yes and it's uh, so it's like that it's debuted at number two on the u.s billboard top blues album chart in the week of august 31 2002 so all, do you think all the songs are, are really a top hit songs that they climb on the chart? Well, as his stuff came out, like during the earlier years, like in 2010 to 2015, probably, he, he had, I don't know how to explain this exactly. He had a different following because everybody just sort of, uh, lost their minds. I've got to speak the truth. After about 2019, people just started listening to anybody who walked into a studio and had the voice fixed and the instrument fixed and everything else. People weren't paying much attention to the live music and how important it was that you have an actual art, that it becomes an art for you and that you have all this talent. People weren't willing to sit and listen to a 10-minute song of guitar perfection they were they wanted to hear something and i have to admit i was one of these people of course i'm not much of a pop like recent pop person there's a few good ones but most people just sort of you know your attention span has been shortened with youtube and the internet and everything so it's like nah, 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 it takes too long 
So I think he just got left for the older, like anybody 35 and up, really. And the people who have already learned to really appreciate music. So this is the type of music that he drives towards is is people who are have an appreciation of what it takes to do what he does. And he's and he always has the best musicians. Like if I could tell you the names of the people he has that play with him live that yeah. have have been from other bands, it would blow your mind. Like, and I've got a list of them. Oh and, wow. Yeah. And he's like he was a young guy and he was working with people from the Stevie. He was like 12 and he's working with people from Stevie Ray Vaughan's band and BB King's band. And and these people never ever forget and Eric Clapton. He had on his first big show. Eric Clapton actually came and played a duet with him. Wow. Yeah. So uh, Bonamassa is a member of jazz funk band Rock Candy Funk Party. In 2013, they released their debut album, We Want Groove. It was followed by Rock Candy Funk Party takes New York live at the Iridium. The show was recorded over three nights in the Iridium Jazz Club in New York City, and the band played during Conan on February 10, 2014. Mm -hmm. Wow. Conan is still there. <laughs> no more Conan, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> I, I think it was his hair that did it. I'm not too sure, but... <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no he's he's had some 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 great great places to be able like venues to be able to to play and some really dedicated people like talk show hosts and stars and that that follow him around quite a bit yes they and, said, oh, sorry, yes they said bonamassa produced podcasts with the other guitar aficionado have you uh, listened to the podcast no i haven't i'm i was i was really busy listening to hours <laughs> <laughs> oh yes <laughs> no, and, and stuff you should know because i just cannot get enough of stuff you should know so oh definitely joe bonamassa also um did a lot of he's worked with a lot of different people doing uh, collaborative efforts like he has this woman that when I heard her on one of his his concert things um, her name is Beth Hart and I became a huge fan of hers as well and she has a very interesting backstory too she'd been a heroin addict and a an alcoholic and she worked she had this unbelievable voice that was just god-given and this crazy look to her and she heard of Joe and she applied for a backup singer yes. with him and he heard her voice and he said, I want to hire you, but I want you to do a duet with me. And from there on in, she just went, it went crazy for her and she's still working and she's been clean now for like 15 years. And it had a lot to do with Joe. Okay. Because he's not a he's he's like all about the guitar. It's not about partying. It's not about anything. <laughs> he says you can keep all your booze and all your M and M's. He says, but if there isn't diet coke in my dressing room, I will lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, 
probably so, yeah so he has a couple of two or three um duet albums like 2013 he has one with beth hart um yeah, yeah. he has another one i think he did one in yeah it was 2014 live in amsterdam with, oh, wow. with Beth Hart. So you can always check all that stuff out too because she was she's really got a voice that you just aren't gonna hear every day. It's not really high, but it's it's crazy good. Oh and, and one in 2011 he they did too. Oh yes, it's saying Bonamas was first exposed to Beth Hart's music after seeing her play several television performances. Mm -hmm. The two will be often cross paths when playing shows separately in Europe. And Bonamassa became very impressed with Hart when they caught her show at the Blue Ball Festival in Lutheran, Switzerland. Yeah. Wow. That's be awesome, eh? Well, he... And, and I want to mention that he... Um... I watched the entire, everything I could before he did the Royal Albert Hall for the first time. Yes. And he was so hyped about it, like so stoked. And his, he has one sister and his parents and they showed them being interviewed on the way from the airport. And it was in wherever it is in England that they do that. I'm not, I'm geographically not well placed you know what i mean <laughs> i know yeah. where i live and that's pretty much it <laughs> um and uh, i yeah i have no concept of anything <laughs> any direction or anything and except for music and um and his parents and his sister were talking about how excited they were because ever since he was like eight he had talked about doing something at the Royal Albert Hall. And so it was just to watch that whole video. You can see it on YouTube or on Netflix most most times. And yeah. or you can just pick it up someplace, probably now because it's an older video. And it's just worth watching every second of it. Oh, yes. And it says that between 2002 and 2006, Vanamasa had three studio albums hit number one on the Billboard Blues charts and all five of his, sol uh, his solo studio albums made the top ten. Mm -hmm. Wow. So it's one of a kind. It's phenomenal, eh? Oh, he is. I mean, really, you got to, if you've got, he's not a guy who's going to play a ditty in three minutes because that's usual. That's the standard time for a radio play song is three to three and a half minutes, right? Yes. And his stuff sort of like slow gin, I think is 11 minutes. Who Killed John Henry or the Ballad of John Henry is 13 minutes. But it's a, it, that amount of time isn't even enough because you just want to hear more, you know? Yeah. So he needs that amount of time. You can't cram all that kind of talent into there. And he is not an acoustic. He says, I'm, I'd love to be an acoustic player, but I don't like it. He says, I'm sorry. He said, I can't get the same control over the, my strings or the sounds that I want with an acoustic. He says, I do it. And he has done it. I've heard it lots and lots of his songs. He says, but I do it because I, because it needs to be done. But he says, I'd rather not do it. He's an electric guy.
and he has the biggest collection of any musician of amps and guitars. Oh, wow. That's be awesome. So before we go on, Miss NJ, I want to shout out to the people listening to us, okay? Oh, for sure. People listening in Canada, thank you so much. Uh, we are 46%. Thanks, eh? Yes. And the United States, we are 42%. Thank you so much. Mm. <laughs> and the rest of uh, Brazil is 3% and the rest, Philippines, India, Colombia, Chile, Peru, Australia, Sudan, Honduras, Costa Rica, Germany, Hong Kong, Ecuador, Greece, United Kingdom, Israel, Mexico, Belgium, and France. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast are you kidding me yeah. oh my god that is so incredibly cool those, Thank are, you. <laughs> those are the countries listening to us miss Sanjay. <laughs> what that is unbelievable thank you thank you i can't get two people to listen to me when i talk as a rule <laughs> wow i'm gonna have to learn my geography better <laughs> we, we uh talk things that people like so we want to thank them and shout out to them so uh, before it's like oh we have nine countries so now it's like we have 29 <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's be awesome right <laughs> hey um you have like a we have a way of getting messages from them don't we yes we do have if we have a website that they can you know shout out us we have uh i will share to you the website where they can email or they can shout out to us great well yeah you should let everybody and me know what that is because <laughs> because they can always suggest things that they want us you know that i can right? work it on so, yeah. so right now i'm inviting you people listening to us i'm inviting you to participate of what we are talking about if you want to uh, give us a topic to talk about a singer a musician a guitarist a band whatever uh music any, topic yeah any any band concept or or lyricist or just go to our website it's music 101 by anchor you, you can if you don't know the uh exact address just google it music 101 anchor fm it automatically go to the website where you can see there the email uh, message voice we can hear your message so please do uh, participate on our discussion uh, give our your topic that you want to discuss and we are happy to do so right miss Andrea? Absolutely. And if you have any complaints, let us know. Maybe we can fix something for you. And if we can't, yes. well, that's life. <laughs> but mostly we'll give it a shot. Mostly we will give it a shot. Now, I don't understand any language except for two or dos cervezas, por favor, and two beer, please, in, in, in Canadian, A, because I am Canadian. But other than that, I'm pretty sure that 
Daniel is like a, he's just a big box of information and languages. So, yes. Uh, if you have rejection or objection to what we're talking about, you can just uh, shout out to us. <laughs> you, we are acknowledging it and we're going to revise it. Right, Miss Anjay? Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you as well. Yes. yes. So what else you can say about Joe Bonamassa? Um, I can tell you that he has, when he goes on tour, he has some of the best, some of the people, the, the names that you would know, because most people don't know the background names, like the people that are playing on the drums or the keyboardist or the, you know, the percussionist or the bass player. But he has people that are, of the highest rank, always playing behind him, always. And he has um, Stevie Ray Vaughan's old piano player. He has Anton Fig, who used to be on. Was a, I'm pretty sure it was. It was uh, what's his name? The guy you were talking about. <laughs> Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. No, the the talk show guy. Um, Conan, Conan. Conan, yeah, I think it was his band leader guy. Um, and he's got Carmen or, or Ty Wayman. If you ever get a chance, look him up. He's unbelievable. I'm an artist as well, so I painted a mural in a shop for a music shop once, and I had to put him on the drums. And it was a, it is the most, the thing that looks the most like anybody and i had bruce springsteen and everybody but i had this guy with his hair just a flying big blonde hair and he looks the most like he should everybody else just sort of looks like a cartoon character which was sort of how it was supposed to be but um but check out the people that play behind him the stuff that he does he uh like i say you can find most of his stuff on youtube and i know you can listen to pretty much everything on Spotify. I'm almost positive because yes. I'm on Spotify and I see what you can get from there. But YouTube will give you the videos and he's just a very, very talented, talented guy. And I think that he needs a little bit more or a little bit more attention paid to him. So if you compare uh, Joe Bonamassa to uh, Jeff Beck, what's the big difference? Okay, well, Jeff Beck wasn't, he was like a progressive guy. He was, he did like a progressive sound. I wasn't really that big of a Jeff Beck fan. I mean, I thought his personality from what I'd read and seen on videos and stuff, and I saw him once, um, and he seemed like a, a very nice chap, but I wasn't really into his his type of music. And as I've mentioned before, I'm not a I'm not a slow song person, really. But yes. when it comes to Joe Bonamassa, he has a few that are those are the ones that are gonna get you. They're gonna mesmerize you. They're gonna give you goosebumps just by listening to him play. And now that he has taken vocal lessons, because when he was about eighteen and he was with this this Black, I think it was called Black Yard Communion or something. 
I can't remember what it was. Sorry, I didn't write it down because <laughs> I just <laughs> I don't think about it all that much because uh, I wasn't that thrilled with him then. Um, he couldn't really sing. He was kind of thrashing out his voice because it was more rock. But he was only with him for a few years and he decided to go into what he loved, which was rock blues genre. And he started taking vocal lessons. And his voice is incredible. But he said it took a few years for him to get it there because you have to relearn the thing like, or you have to repair the things you've done wrong. And that's what the problem was, is that he'd done a lot of damage to his voice. And I understand that because I've done that to mine. But um, he, he has this voice. He has a great range and he can sing things and hold notes and he has exactly the right kind of compression with everything that he plays but he doesn't make his voice the first and foremost and he has lots of fast stuff that's really kind of like swing dance rock things like so how, so how about uh joe bonamassa to Jimi hendrix Totally, we're talking ducks and bananas. <laughs> I thought you say apple and orange. <laughs> no, yeah, that's why I went with ducks and bananas, because everybody expects the apples and oranges. And I think apples and oranges are both fruit, so that's good enough for me. <laughs> but ducks and bananas are totally different. Um, uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix. Oh, you know, and that was another big influence on him was Jimi Hendrix he's, he can he can totally do Jimi Hendrix and he does lots of stuff like Jimi Hendrix oh wow yeah like he's just got this range of entertainment value <laughs> that you just really can't get anywhere else and he always wears a suit when he plays yes no matter what kind of venue he's at but it's always pretty classy one it's not like he's like some opera singer or something, but he picks a place always with good, good sound quality, you know, good amplification, but he always wears a suit now because he used to wear like a death to everyone t-shirt with long greasy hair when he was heavier. Now he's cleaned up and he always wears sunglasses and people always want to know why he's wearing the sunglasses. And he says that it is because the lights, and I understand this because I've been there the lights will give you a migraine in no time. Wow. <laughs> and he wants to be able to, and he can look down from his glasses, but he doesn't need to look down at his guitar ever because he has been playing since he was four years old. Yes. And before we, we wrap this up, I wanted to tell you he has oh, yeah. in his collection as of 2021, 400 Precision guitars, electric guitars, wow. and, and 400 amps, or over 400 guitars and over 400 amps. Oh, that'd be awesome. Right? He has his own little museum. It's called Bonham, Bonham Museum. Where? In New uh, York? It's in New York, yeah. Oh, we need to go to New York, New York. <laughs> if you can do it there, man, you can do it anywhere. Seems to me if you can do it anywhere, you can probably do it in New York too, but it depends on what you're doing. Um, he has 
you can look it up on the website and see the collection on YouTube. I think it's a, or on, on Google or something, just Google it and, and request Joe Bonamassa's uh, whole museum of guitars and amps. And the picture will blow your mind. <laughs> I'm serious. I looked at it and went, this can't even be real. He can't. Oh, oh. Before we go on, I want to um, invite our listeners here in Music 101 to my other podcast, Food 101, on my third season with Chef Alessandro. Uh, Chef Alessandro is one of the executive chefs in one of the five-star hotels in downtown Toronto. So we talk about Italian cuisine and... Mm -hmm. And do uh, listen if you want to learn about Italian cuisine. And my Food 101 is on the top 12 best food podcasts on the planet. And yay! Yay! We're aiming for number 10. Yes! Plus one more Book 101 review is on the top 6 best book review podcast uh, interviewing uh, writers all over the world because Book 101 review is always created to empower writers all over the world. So my latest episode is Mr. Theo Burnett, he is author of Sapiens Trilogy. So please do listen and my third season is coming. I have a new co-host. Chris Tetrablay is one award-winning author and uh, author of the book With the More Apocalypse Trilogy. So please do listen, Food 101 and Book 101 Review. I yeah. love Italian. I can't wait. <laughs> Italiano, eh? Parla Italiano. Oh. Si, oh, I like the men. I like the view. I like the food. I'm all good with all of it. I can't wait to listen to it. Yes. Please do listen. So, Miss Angie, what else you can say about Joe Bonamassa? Well, take 10 minutes out of your life if you want to get unstressed. And I want you to listen to, please listen to the songs that I mentioned if you can. You have to listen to, if you want something that's going to give you goosebumps, listen to Mountain Time. Um, if you want something that's up-tempo, uh, go for Mountain Climbing, which is all about working so hard and not feeling like you're getting anywhere. And how you will eventually. And the ballad of John Henry just kicks ass. It is wow. so good and so powerful. And they're not all 10 minutes long, but, you know, they, they're a little longer, but it's worth it to hear it. Yes. So if you compare Joe Massa to Jimmy Page, what's the big difference? Not really, to be quite honest, except that Joe's better. Yeah. Because he, that's exactly, that's all he does. Like he's the front guy. So he's not just playing behind, but he's very, Jimmy Page was very much, he's very much into the blues. That's what Zeppelin was about, was sort of re reconstructing blues. It was rock turned or blues turned into rock. And that's very much a, a Joe Bonamassa thing, but he, it's that his specialty is, is being the front guy playing that guitar the entire time with great vocals and 
unbelievable backup vocalist and musicians. Yes, people, let's support Joe Bonamassa because he's one of the kind uh, artists. Let's call him artist because he's a guitarist, singer, and songwriter. So and, he, and he started at the age of four. I mean, who can who can say that you can't check somebody out that started at the age of four? And he has a, a Jay Bonamassa TV. So you can just go online and look up his, his thing. And he's on Twitter and, and YouTube and Facebook. And I give him messages all the time on Instagram. And, you know, like he's easy to get in touch with and he'll respond to you because he's a cool guy. Yes. Uh, uh, so your husband is not get jealous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He might, no. he might respond to you like he did to me going, will you quit bothering me, please? <laughs> but, yeah, but, but I don't think so. If you're, if you're not weird like me, then I'm sure he'll be just fine. <laughs> so people, once again, let's support Joe Bonamassa because he's one of a kind. Because at the present, he did really a racing fun for the COVID-19 pandemic. He's one yeah. of a He's uh he's doing uh he erased the program. I think he did a release a live album and film now serving royalty live from the Ryman Ryman or whatever on June 11, 2021. It was uh from this one night only concert and historic Raven Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee on September 20. 2020. This show was live streamed at the time and raised 32,000 for the Nansa Fueling Musician Program, which has been helping financially struggling musicians during the COVID 19 pandemic. See? Yeah. He's awesome, guys. So let's support him. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's a good musician. And that's our sort of, um, that's my, my, in between pick sort of the, my, the person that I think that you maybe need to know about so that you can appreciate the people that are not always right there with the media in their face. You know what I mean? Yes. Because there, it, just because the media says exactly what you should listen to and they show you what they want you to hear doesn't mean that you don't have a choice to watch other things. Yes, true. So uh, thank you, Ms. Sanjay, for your time. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much. Morikon, people. See you soon. Bye-bye.